0: Hello, FPL managers, welcome to the FPL optimized podcast. This is episode number 53, in which we will review game week one, and we will look ahead to game week two. It certainly was exciting to have the Premier League back on the tally, and it was also good to see many popular FPL options returning points. We're hoping that most managers were able to have a good start to this new FPL season. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sirtop, the data scientist. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old iTest. Data or grass or data and grass? That's the question. Sirtop, before we dive into some of the data, let's start with a review of our own teams. Talk us through some of the decisions you made and your team's game week one performance. Yeah, certainly. My season didn't start well. I mean, I picked
1: up from the last season where I left with, you know, negative variance, having an unlucky season. So I started the season unlucky too. I got only 64 points. Uh, and I think I made Um, good choices overall, but the problem is, as far as I can see, I mean, I was just comparing our teams, uh, your, your (laughs) team and my team. I mean, most of the players are the same. Um, so there's not too much difference between, you know, analytics managers and more—I should say—casual managers, but no offense intended here. Sure. Um, I think the pricing is affecting us a lot. I mean, I didn't think it will be a, such a big problem, but almost everyone has the same team, and those mm. like minor uh, decisions, like you know, which yeah. forward to take, they made a big difference. I mean, I. Right. Um, so in my team, I have. Uh, Jackson and forward you have uh, Joe Pedro and right. uh, there's like six points difference between them for example Right. and in defense well you also went with Gabriel but lots of people switched to Saliba the last right. second after hearing it from yep. uh, so seeing it from Andy, I should say um, yeah. And also, like your goalkeeper Onana got nine points, mine
0: got only uh, <laughs> two yeah. points. I'm wearing the Ajax shirt just for him. <laughs> <laughs> he was my game week hero, but man, that was yeah. a close uh, close call. Yeah. Yeah, so. No, no, I mean, but to your point, I think, uh, yeah. actually, yeah, you know, you mentioned a few players like Jackson, and I think actually he did quite well at uh, the same like for as uh, in crystal palace mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh they did well they just didn't score points but you know i don't think there's any reason to panic we, we just had one game week yeah. uh, and and things can look completely different again uh next week or the week after so yeah yeah
1: exactly Both so yeah right. how was how was your game week? okay
0: yeah at, uh, i was quite happy so um I just want maybe wanted to cover some of the final decisions i made because i think last week i mentioned uh, i still had to make a few decisions uh in defense i decided to go without city it was a close call because i felt a little bit uh, bad or you know i felt it was a bit wrong to not have any city and and you know players like stones looked really appealing but yeah i didn't i just didn't want to risk the uncertainty of uh, peps roulette each week and i think you know looking back at game week one that was a good decision uh with stones and also ruben diaz not starting but yeah you don't know in in the longer run if 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 it was the right decision but at least for now i have no regrets Uh, as you mentioned i did go for gabriel Uh, i wasn't online that much on friday so i didn't i didn't see any of those rumors um but i also think you know yeah something i want to watch for a few more weeks unfortunately timber got injured Mm -hmm. um you know bad for him but maybe it means that Gabriel, uh, gets a bit more playing time. So, you know, let's see what happens, uh, in midfield. I didn't go for Madison as I just wasn't sure about Spurs after Kane left, but yeah, Madison did really well in game week one. So I'll certainly keep him in my mind. Yeah. Uh, I went for Bruno instead. I was a bit worried about not having him, but yeah, United didn't look so good against wolves. Um, so yeah, that's again, something to monitor. And the other decision I made was to go for Mitoma over uh, Jota. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, it worked well for game week one, but now for game week two, it leaves me without Liverpool. So, yeah, I don't know if that was the right decision, but I just wanted to bet on Brighton for the first three fixtures, the first three opening weeks, uh, because those looked pretty good. And uh, for that reason, I also went for Joao Pedro in attack um and i went with a cheap bench option for third attacker so that means that i now have two and a half million in the bank which is quite unusual but uh, Mm -hmm. it also gives me some flexibility so quite happy with that also overall with the performance i had 83 points really happy that i have a good start because it was quite different last year Uh, this year i tried to go a bit uh you know less risky i also captained haaland which uh, you didn't do. I was quite surprised <laughs> to hear. <laughs> that, that's, of course, also something uh, that that made a difference. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, overall happy with the team. I think the only guys that were disappointing were the United guys with Rashford and Bruno. But it's mostly due to Wolves, I would say. Really credits to Wolves. They played really well, which I didn't expect. Um, yeah, next to Haaland and Saka. Um, three times seven points from Joe Pedro, Chilwell and Estupinan. And yeah, I already mentioned Onana, a very nice nine-pointer, even though it looked uh, like he would get a penalty uh, against him at the end. But uh, for some reason, <laughs> Devar decided differently, so I was happy yeah. with that. Heard that. But yeah, that was just game week one, and we still have 37 game weeks to go. <laughs> so uh, I guess we should look at um but one thing we could do just for the fun of it is we could track our game week scores as a kind of a head-to-head leak and in this case it's now one nil to me
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it's very convenient for you to start it now right like
0: why did not we do it last season (laughs)
1: okay one nil okay i will take it
0: all right okay challenge accepted (laughs) nice (laughs) So, yeah, Game Week 1 behind us. And uh, you mentioned last time that uh, you wanted to start reviewing a bit how the models perform uh, versus the actual results. Is that something you could do already now based on the Game Week 1 results?
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, one Game Week is barely enough to talk about these things, but, you know, we should get started anyway. So, yeah. Let me share this. So, I, I would like to start with this projection model correlations, uh, Uh, First of all, um, this is an analysis and visualization also made by Nail RankinZA uh, on Twitter, or X, I should say. Um, Because we (laughs) realized that some of these models are very similar to each other. I mean, since last season, we were talking about FBI Review and Mikhail Tokwam data were similar to each other. And now we are actually able to see it numerically and also visually now. Um, For people who are listening... Um, so yeah. FPL review and Mikael Tokwam are very close to each other, and one other model that are close to that is close to these two is Fantasy Football Scout. But it's not very surprising because Fantasy Football Scout and Mikael Tokwam were the uh, I should say the original models, like they were the first two uh, projection models in FPL, and right. then. We have Fantasy Football Hub, DraftHound. So they are somewhat similar to these, like FBR Review and Mika Tokwam. So uh, two time. models are very different from all, all the remaining ones. Fantasy Football Fix is quite different. And FBL Team's projections are quite different. Right. So, yeah, with this in mind, let me also show you uh, projection model accuracies. Uh, again, yeah. one game week is barely enough to scratch the surface of the accuracy. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we were able to categorize them by position for like goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, and forwards. And we okay. checked what's the error rate. And for error, we are using the squared error. So even if a model is underestimating or overestimating, so we are getting the difference and we are taking the square of it, so we are multiplying it itself, so that okay. you are always penalizing no matter which direction it is. And then hmm. we took the uh, average of it um, over all players. Yeah. Um, and again, this analysis is done by uh, Neil. And so, and we have two of these. The first one is comparing the projection with the actual outcome. And when I'm saying actual outcome, I'm talking about the FPL points themselves. So right. FBI review in this category, in overall accuracy, is the number one model. And then we right. have uh, Fantasy Football Hub, uh, very close in terms of like total error. And one thing I need to right. mention here is not every model generates a uh, projection for every player in the game. So we have around like 600, almost 700 players, but not all models are providing it. So we limited ourselves to only players with more than 5% ownership. So more relevant players, I should say, because like there are lots of bench players that you know never play.
0: So, and why did you mention Hub? Because if I look mm-hmm. at your chart, it's oh yeah, sh- at a second.
1: Yeah, I should actually mention it. So in this okay. chart, uh, for people who are watching on YouTube, uh, smaller bars are better because these are the error oh. bars. So if oh, okay. if your bar is small, it means that you have less error compared to other models. And okay. If you and we also sorted them by uh, like total uh, error, so FBI review is the best do. and it's on the okay. rightmost side. and From uh, the right to the left. Yes. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Got it. And for certain positions, like even though like FBI review is best in overall accuracy, uh, mm-hmm. Fantasy Football Hub was better in terms of predicting forward points and goalkeeper points, as you have, uh, as you might have noticed their predictions are somewhat very similar. I mean, there's not... Well, first of all, there are not too many goalkeepers in the first place and also their predictions right. were close to each other. But yeah, I mean, yeah. models um, have their differences when it when it uh, comes to positions. But again, it's only a single game week, so maybe we shouldn't read too much into that. And right. one other yeah. thing I want, want to mention is we also check accuracy in terms of underlying stats. And what I mean... But by that ah, okay. is. So the projection model, let's say let's talk about a goalkeeper. It says that there's like a fifty percent chance that this goalkeeper will keep a clean sheet. Uh, meaning that they are it's giving mm-hmm. us two times fifty percent plus six times fifty percent, 4 as the projection. Then mm-hmm. but goalkeeper will get either two point or six point, let's assume that there's no bonus. Then you will always have roughly the same amount of error, right? So, like, two points, and then we are taking the square. But, in my opinion, one right. a better way to evaluate model accuracy is checking how many shots that goalkeeper took and what was the actual probability of keeping a clean sheet based on how many shoots they took. And not only in, uh, like how many, but what was the expected goal stat of those shots? Like, did they actually right. receive... Maybe they gave lots of positions to the, you know, opponent. So they were just lucky enough to keep a clean sheet, for example. So okay. when you use that, you can calculate actually an, a more granular, um, target. That's the expected clean sheet. Similarly, expected goal sim- and expected right. assist. So if you multiply okay. them with their FPL multipliers, you can get a number. And I think when we are, checking the accuracy of the projection models, one thing we can look at is how close the prediction compared to this, what I call an underlying or post-game week expected point. Yeah. And in this category, Fantasy Football Hub uh, is better. And then comes FBI Review, then Mikhail Tokwam. But again, this single game week, we will probably see these values change. But I just wanted to mention... Uh, at the beginning, do you have any questions?
0: No, no. It's really good that we start looking at this, and I think as you, as you say, as the season uh, progresses, um, yeah, these charts will be updated, and uh, you know, I think it will be an interesting one to to keep a look, uh, keep keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a question for you back on this because uh, seeing these charts now and looking at the, the data uh is this is this already having an influence for you in terms of how you are looking at the data and how are you're using it for your, your solvers a little bit uh, when i'm
1: running mm-hmm. you know optimization models i tend to run it with only a single source but i time to time right. i also check the ensemble like i just yeah. combine different models because as i have mentioned before each of these models are using a different set of inputs so that they might be picking up some noise. And, well, some of them are more sophisticated, so they are better in accuracy, yes. But there's also a chance of you are picking too much noise if you just use a single source. Right. So then, for example, when I look at these charts or when I check these results, I know that FBI review and Mikhail like for example, they are very similar to each other and they are, very good in terms of the error rate. So they are very accurate. So if I yeah. want to mix them, I know that I will probably mix them 50 50. There's not, not much difference between the two. And then okay. if I want to add like fantasy football Scott, for example, I will probably give a percentage that is closer to these two and then maybe right. a lower percentage to, you know, all the remaining ones. Yeah. So. I'm not using the ensemble model right now. I use it for uh, some of the stuff I share share on Twitter. But for my decision right. making I I'm more confident that I, I was using the correct percentages, I should say.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. And you will probably update those percentages based on the results that yeah. you will see in coming weeks. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Interesting. Thanks for preparing that Mm -hmm, chart. Something uh, we added now to the podcast and also to to the YouTube uh, channel. Um, The next topic we will cover is uh, a look at the team strengths split by defense and attack, something we did in previous podcasts as well. So can you talk us through the latest charts and did you notice any changes already compared to last week? Yeah, sure.
1: So this is the... Uh, projected point averages uh, for all the teams uh, for the remaining, for, for the next six game weeks. And so last week, like from the values we shared from last week to this one, obviously these numbers have changed. And the way I'm calculating these, I'm getting the projected points from these seven sources and I'm taking the average, uh, in terms of like defense and offense. So it's goalkeeper defenders right. one category, midfielders yeah. and forwards in one category. I su- take the sum, I divide it to sum of minutes. So because I'm trying to find uh, the, you know, point average per ninety minutes. So this is again okay. uh, like a fixture ticker for us, and yeah. there are already some changes. For example, Man- Manchester City's game against Newcastle, uh, for example it was 4.1 uh, uh, defense average uh, for Manchester City and 5.1 right. uh, offensive average. But this, okay. after the you know games are played, so Manchester yeah. City's predictions went down a little bit. So it is 4.0 yeah. uh, in defense and only 4.9 in offense. Uh, right. I think De Bruyne's uh, injury affected this a little bit. And also some models, I think, said or or probably Newcastle is better than we uh, expected. So yeah, because their offense, their offense rating against Liverpool also increased a little bit that I had
0: noticed. Yeah. And I think Newcastle had quite an easy win uh, against Villa, which I think most people were not expecting. I think we were expecting an even game because also Villa uh, are expected to have a good season. But in the first game, uh, yeah, it was a different story. Newcastle was just really strong. Mm-hmm. um and scored a lot of goals so probably that's what uh influenced the the, the change in the data But
1: yeah so yeah there okay. are, the changes are very small in general and okay. uh, i right. was checking the the as i have mentioned before we are marking some of these best pictures in the horizon uh with yeah. gold color and yeah. most of the games as far as i can say are the same they're not no big differences. The only no. game that I see uh, is dropped from here is Newcastle had their uh, Brantford game was uh, you know inside that 10% you know, best fixtures defensively. Okay. but yeah. um, Now that we ha- also have Game Week 7 fixtures, um, there are some more favorable fixtures added so that Manchester City's game against Wolves and Arsenal's game against Bournemouth in Game Week 7 and also Newcastle's yeah. game against burn in gaming seven when they were added so they became actually they entered this 10 percentile yeah. uh,
0: best fixtures okay yeah and maybe just to call it out a little bit for the people who cannot see the chart and who are listening mm-hmm. so i think if we go from top to bottom the top five teams as certain upset i think we can look at this a bit as a fixture uh ticker so t- number one team manchester city number two arsenal Number three, Liverpool, number four, Chelsea, number five, Newcastle. So that's, let's say the top five for the next, uh, six game weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we look at some specific game, so the next, uh, game week, game week two, yeah, we know that Liverpool is the standout uh, game yeah. at home versus Bournemouth, all the rest looks a bit more tricky, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for game week three, we have a few good games, uh, city play against Sheffield, Arsenal against Fulham, Chelsea against Luton, and Man United against Nottingham. So that could be quite a nice game week on average. Then game week four, just maybe the last one to call out. Game week four, we have two games that stand out from this chart. It's again Manchester City against Fulham, and it's Chelsea against Nottingham. So again, I think this is something you can keep in mind when you think about your transfers and you want to look ahead a bit. Uh, you know, teams like City uh, and also Chelsea uh, look look quite interesting for the mm-hmm. next uh, couple of game weeks.
1: Yeah. And one thing I want to mention here is uh, from last week to this week, uh, in terms of these rankings, Tottenham passed Brighton. So they were just below Brighton last week, but they oh, okay. passed it. And also right. Aston Villa made it to top 10. So they were, I think, 11 last time. And they right. actually replaced the Crystal Palace, so they're inside in, you know, best 10 oh, teams. Okay.
0: Now. Interesting. Alright. Um, Let's also take a look at the, the bottom teams, maybe?
1: Yeah. And this time, I sorted them from worst to best. And the worst teams, right. we have Burnley and Luton, because they right. don't have a Game Week 2 fixtures mainly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, would you like to cover also the the fixtures that stand out or
0: yeah go at if you want to mm-hmm. um for game week Just
1: yeah one of the worst fixtures we have is born against yeah. liverpool defensively it's 2.2 so it's well the models are expecting Bournemouth to concede at least one goal uh, almost yeah. certainly and yeah. we have also lots of like as you have mentioned, in terms of like fixture quality, we have good fixtures for top teams, but it's terrible news for the bottom teams. So, Luton yeah. against Chelsea, uh, Sheffield United against City, um, yeah. Nottingham Forest against Manchester United, and Fulham against Arsenal—they are yeah. all uh, terrible in terms of defense. Uh, yeah. So, that's, I don't. Uh, yeah,
0: that's in game week three. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, game week three.
1: Yeah. Um, sure and again here there're not too many changes uh one um yeah there're not too many changes we, we only mm-hmm. added the game week 7 column here and then right. it is still looking bleak for uh, well uh, burney uh, especially so they have the newcastle fixture added to this fi- uh, ticker yeah. now
0: yeah they have a tough so. opening uh set of fixtures if you look at it like that yeah, so they play Villa, they play Spurs, then maybe an easier one again against Nottingham, but then mm. they face United and Newcastle. So the first seven are quite tough for uh, for Burnley. Yeah. yeah, also considering that they played against City already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. All right. Yeah, and an interesting one to look at also here in this uh, chart with let's say the the worst teams is uh, Wolves. Because I think everybody was quite surprised by their really uh, positive game against United. They, you know, to be honest, they deserve to win. I think they just uh, lack some attacking power or let's say some finishing uh, power. So that, that that might be an issue there, but they had some really good gameplay. Um, so let's see how they will do during the next weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Very interesting. Um, so this is on a team level, and I think for this uh, podcast, you also looked at it a bit on a player level to see uh, which players uh, moved in terms of predicted points or minutes. Did yeah. you see anything that uh, stood out there?
1: Yeah, so I actually uh, I had the data and we were talking with FPL Chase, uh, and okay. he's not playing FPL this season, but he's always interested right. in data and also preparing these amazing uh, visualizations and he mentioned that he can actually have a look at which players increased in expected value or um, projected points and uh, so we have Andreas uh, in the number one spot Uh, for the next six fixtures his projections increase around Mm 3.92 that's the biggest increase but it is consistent with his expected minutes gains uh, his okay. expected minutes increased 14, uh, 14 minutes more, so we are more confident confident that he will play. And oh, okay, that's what that's what made the, the change, let's say. Mm-hmm. The added minutes, yeah. And the second right. player is actually Joe Pedro, and right. his increase in terms of expected value is 3.24. Uh, yeah. um, I should say it's a significant increase. I mean, even though. Like when you look at the all the game week by game week values, it's only like zero point six yeah. here, zero point three over there. But those increase can actually change the optimal team quite a bit, uh, I shall say. Right. And right. It, and his increase is not only because of minutes. I mean, his minutes increase around uh, eight minutes uh, in general. But Kyle. yeah, I think models models have more confidence in him
0: now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and also I think we took because he took the penalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean okay. he took Pop-popters. already one in a friendly yeah. game and now we also took one in the league. So that kind mm-hmm. of confirms that he's let's say the penalty taker. So that's exactly. probably you're uh, mm-hmm. surely also adding some expected points there.
1: Yeah. Prediction models essentially allow penalty takers. yeah um, and, and the third player whose expected points increase the most is Udogi. Uh, right from Tottenham and yeah. his projected points increased around 3.18 and
0: yeah that's yeah. a really interesting player to keep an eye on uh mm-hmm. a wing back i think i saw a heat map where he was really advanced um and that was in the game against Brentford so not so easy and now they face United, so again not so easy. But then from game week three onwards, Spurs fixtures improve. So I think a lot of people will be uh, taking a look at Udogi. I think he's four and a half million. Um, so yeah, that's 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 an interesting one to keep an eye on for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I will just um, and I will just uh, tell the names in this order. Uh, in the fourth right. place we have Alvarez from City. Edward from Crystal Palace, Antonio from West Ham, Avonir from Nottingham Forest, Anderson from Crystal Palace, Havers from Arsenal, and Diaby from Aston Villa. Okay. These are the players whose expected value increased the most. And okay. Great. So, and I would like to also talk about the players who lost lots of expected value. So these are, yeah. you know, cold yeah. chart the players. Are no longer good the first place we have <laughs> Mudric from chelsea and yeah. the reason is his expected minutes in de- decreased around 10 uh like across the horizon and right. in terms of expected value it translates into 2.4 less expected value in total and in the okay. second place unfortunately we have gabriel and his yeah. expected minutes decreased by six um but again, there's a big question mark now because we don't know why he uh, didn't, you know, start the game in the first place. So, some mm-hmm. people think it's tactical. Um, yeah. Some people think it's, it might be disciplinary. Um, but anyway, so okay. he his minutes are lower now, which translates into yeah. his expected value. I have Gabriel, yeah. and you do too. And I think yeah. I will keep him despite this, just to understand a little bit more if you know yeah. if he's really out or not. And if it looks yeah. like the case, I mean, I I need to drop him, obviously.
0: Yeah, and it's a tough one, now huh? Because I see people looking at the, the 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 expected price changes, and it's I think it's likely that this price will drop either tomorrow or maybe the day after. So I think for some reason that could or for some people that could be a reason to to sell him. Um, well, personally, I, I will just keep him. Uh, as I said, the Timber got injured, unfortunately for Timber, but I want to see if that changes, uh, you know, the lineup for or it will change the lineup for Arsenal. I'm just hoping that it means that Gabriel comes in. So something to keep an eye on. I think if he doesn't start next game, then probably I'll sell him. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And one interesting player here is Ramsdale in ninth place. Um, oh, right. His expected value increased just a tiny bit for the next two fixtures, but yeah. then it drops a little bit more because of Raya right. joining Arsenal. Yeah. I think there's now more uncertainty about his minutes. And yeah, yeah. you can easily tell from this graphic. I love it. Uh, in game week uh, six, for example, his expected minutes are already eight minutes uh, down. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a small, okay. small decrease overall in summation, but I think yeah. he's risky, obviously. And I will tell all the names from uh, first to tenth place. So we have Mudric from Chelsea, Gabriel from Arsenal, Trossard from Arsenal, Danjuma from Everton, Darwin... Liverpool, Bailey, Aston Villa, Webster, Brighton, White, Arsenal, Ramsdale, Arsenal, and Villain from Fulham. These are the players okay. who lost most projected points uh, this week.
0: Yeah. All right, great charts. I think it really adds a lot of uh, value and insights to uh, our content. So thanks for adding these.
1: Yeah, and thank a big thanks to FBL Chase for analyzing these and also providing us these visuals really
0: great. Yeah, that's uh, great that you mentioned it again. Yeah, thanks. Uh, FBL Chase. Chase. Uh, appreciate it. So yeah, this is, I think, uh, you know, a list of players you should keep an eye on, either players to, to, to buy or also players to sell. Um, maybe just to add as a reminder, uh, we mentioned it before, we only have one week of data so far. So personally, I would recommend to be a bit careful and patient with making some drastic decisions as things can easily look different again at the end of game week two or game week three mm-hmm. um one player i really like let's say from the itas perspective and which did, didn't show up was uh one bisaka from united uh first of all i think it's good to know that he's again in the starting lineup i think you know uh, really uh, uh let's say respect the guy how we how he fought back as he kind of lost his spot earlier last year Uh, but he also really looked good he had an an assist um in the game against wolves so for me if if his minutes uh, are secure then it could be an interesting option someone to keep an eye on and another one to keep an eye on or in general i would say is the situation at city because as you mentioned kdb is out uh, for some months so this could make alvarez and also foden uh yeah maybe more secure of their minutes even though again we never know with Pep. But yeah, he has uh, less and less options. Um, but also on this one, to keep in mind, the transfer window is still open. Uh, teams can still sign new players. So that's something that could happen for sure at City. I think is also something that can happen, for example, at Spurs. Uh, for, I think people that are considering uh, Richarlison, as he had the number nine uh, spot in the last game. You know i don't think it's sure that he will keep it because uh spurs has quite some cash to 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 spend now mm-hmm. after this old cane so to me it will be quite likely that he will that they will buy a new number nine but but yeah let's see yeah so uh yeah looking at the game week two for me i'm planning to hold on to my transfer so i can have two free transfers for game week three and uh, for that, I will probably look then at Spurs and Chelsea. I think we covered it before. They will have uh, a nice uh, run of fixtures starting there. And they have some good options, as we already saw now in game week one. Um, and I think for game week three or after game week three, I also need to consider selling uh, one or two of my Brighton assets as their fixtures will uh, will get tougher. So that's something I have already in my mind, let's say, uh, <laughs> for the midterm. Uh, unless of course anyone gets injured, uh, then I'll have to deal with that. But uh, Sertab, for you, uh, looking ahead at game week two, um, how does the optimal team look like, and what are some of your plans for the the new game week? Yeah, for my team,
1: uh, I, I I can say that I actually consider from uh, going from Gabriel to Chilval um, because I was planning okay. to do that move in game week three anyway, so I I right. consider possible to of going, but Chill well, yeah. increased in price now, so I'm less likely, well, less tempted to do it now. Um, oh, okay. Obviously, keeping yeah. the free free transfer has some uh, value in terms of, you know, uh, modeling. So, yeah, I, I think I will roll my transfer, but yeah, who knows. Okay. And okay. so I also checked the uh, Game Week 2 optimal wildcard team. Obviously, no one is wildcarding, or I should <laughs> say, not no one, but most, most people are not <laughs> wildcarding. Um, yeah. This time I used the custom weight ensemble that actually that is based on game week one performance. We already covered All a right. little bit. So I used yep. a certain percentage. I won't disclose, you know, what's the percentage. But the optimal team yep. now has Turner in goal and Pickford in the bench. But they are essentially rotating. And yep. Estupinan, Chilwell, James in defense. Mubemo, Fernandez, yep. Rashford, Madison, Son in midfield and Jackson and Holland in forward and in bench we have Henry um, Osula and Bartman. Um okay. the good thing is I mean for me that I have most of these players uh, one thing that made me a little bit um, you know question my decision from Gaming1 is it has medicine and son here and this is the no-transfer right. optimal. So it keeps the, the entire team for the horizon from game week 2 yep. to uh, 8. Um, I am... I'm not happy not seeing Richardson in the optimal team. To be honest, I have Richardson, yeah. and I was hoping oh, yeah. that his, he his yeah, projected points will go up. But yeah, this yeah. is the optimal uh, wildcard team now. And it's good to know that most of my players are or either optimal or close optimal yeah yeah cool let's see
0: yeah and I think when I saw when I was looking at it it's interesting to see uh you know the two United midfielders and also the two Spurs midfielders as they will play against each other now in game week two so I think that will be quite an interesting game to take a look at because mm-hmm. I think the models are uh, predicting quite some points to be scored there. So it could be quite exciting. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as I mentioned, based on game week one, uh, Bruno and Rashford, they looked quite disappointing. But I do plan to give them another chance now in the game against Spurs. Um, and I think another tough decision to make for many people could be to play Turner over their regular number one goalkeeper as uh, As you said, uh, Turner uh, is is favored by the model for Game week two. Um, you know, he plays with Nottingham against Sheffield. Nottingham is at home. So I think it's a good game for him with a high clean sheet possibility. Personally, I plan to keep fate in Unana uh, because yeah, even though you know they, they play away to Spurs, which which is a difficult game, but if they do keep a clean sheet, we can expect unana to have a big score again so yeah and in that case i don't want to see him sitting on the bench so i guess from a probability point of view it's it's better to go for turner but uh yeah you know i'm i'm i don't like rotating goalkeepers so so much as you know you never know what can happen uh in a game and and a goalkeeper can stop a penalty or or whatever and and suddenly he has a big score yeah so i I think i will just make it easy for myself and i'll just start with onana um uh, there was also a stat that I that caught my eye that Onana was among the players with uh, most chances created. I think no, what was it? He had like two chances created. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, think I, I, saw, I couldn't I find something. it back for the podcast, but he was uh, he was he was up there, and and that's the nice thing about Unana, right? He can he can give you safe points, as we saw in the game against Wolves uh United can keep clean sheets but you can also do something more than that and and yeah. that that makes him quite interesting yeah so. all right but that that's for me and I think certainly I can understand why people will go for Turner and stats so that's that's for many people probably a tough decision to make yeah. um yeah and I think um because your optimal team looked at a longer horizon it doesn't include Liverpool players Oh, but yeah. if we would just, yeah, if we would just look at Game Week 2, I guess Salah is among the main captaincy options, right?
1: Yeah, I checked the data and also I checked the Ensemble and Salah is number one in almost all models except Fantasy Football Hub has Holland ahead of Salah, but all the okay. other models have Salah uh, yeah. ahead in various uh, percentages. I mean, uh, for example, DraftHound has Hol- uh, so sorry. DraftTown has Salah ahead of Holland, Almost like 13% more expected value. And 15% mm. in fantasy football fix. 13% in scout. Almost 20% in FBI review. Uh, 28% in FPL team, I think. So almost all models think Salah is the best captain. If you have Salah, it's yeah. a no-brainer, obviously. Mm. Um, for people like us who don't have Salah... We will be watching nope. the game behind the couch probably.
0: Yes. And yes. Holland
1: <laughs> is the is the second best in ensemble, and we have Alexander Arnold, then Watkins, and then Son. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's where we are now. Yeah. Already. No, as you
0: said, I think, but we knew that when we were making our game week one selections, right? That game mm-hmm. week two without. uh without uh, uh, Liverpool uh, it's going to be a tough one to go through but you know that's that's a choice we made yeah. um, I guess you're not bringing in any Liverpool players or, or are you? No
1: unfortunately no. I won't be able to no. yeah. but, I no, mean
0: I'll do the same yeah I mean it's
1: yeah. it's a great fixture but the, the remaining fixtures are not you know that good. And since nope. FPL is a multi-period problem, so it doesn't make too much sense yep. to bring a player only for, nope. you know, single game. Even though I'm nope. saying this, I really have my regrets of not having Salah as a scheduled yeah. transfer, uh, yeah. for, you know, ship him in game week three. But yeah, yeah not, not yeah. much I can do now.
0: Well, one thing that was surprising to see in game week one is that Salah was taking off quite early and that also he was uh, oh, yeah. quite upset about it. So yeah, I don't think we should we need to make too much out of that, but uh yeah, it it was something I <laughs> I noticed and that's something I saw before. So um yeah, let's keep an eye on that. And one thing maybe also to mention is that we are recording this on uh Wednesday evening and you know the city is playing against Sevilla for the the European Super Cup. Uh it looks like City's playing with uh with a strongest lineup, so it includes Haaland. So of course this is something uh, you know we need to keep an eye on to, to, to make sure he, he gets uh, he stays fit let's say mm-hmm. uh, so definitely I think if anyone is considering transfers uh, yeah wait wait for this game to be over uh, as uh, yeah I don't know could have some impact to the the, the city options yeah okay mm-hmm. and I, I think we covered a lot yeah. yeah I should Sorry? also uh, mention you want to like, add something
1: yeah yeah very something very small um, maybe. People have noticed in the captaincy chart, but some of the models uh, have still players like Kane. Uh, the reason is they're not okay. updated every day. Some right. of the models, we, we talked about this last episode too. Some of the models, yeah. they don't update uh, as frequently. Uh, so even though we talked about the optimal team, you know, how the uh, projections look like come deadline these values might change so we are talking about almost like a snapshot of these projected points just you know as a warning right. if anyone is making transfers based on these outcomes
0: oh yeah yeah <laughs> be careful all right good point um and i think that covers it for this game week right yes certainly okay Nothing more from your side. Then um, before we close it, I just wanted to give a shout out to our mini league leaders. As of this season, we started the mini league. We already have 168 teams in the league. So that's pretty cool. Thanks for joining it. And you can still join, of course. The code is 0JSDLA. Uh, we'll put it in the notes as well. So mm-hmm. that's uh, 0JSDLA. Um, and currently we have Offa United, managed by Tuboson Akinola, leading the league with 91 points. So he made a great start. And number two is uh, Axe and Omelettes, the team managed by Mr. Ladders with 89 points. And with the same score, it's the team called Tuberculos, managed by Oscar Jansen. So he also has 89 points. So, yeah, guys, just keep it up now for the next uh, 37 game weeks. (laughs) It's not that hard. You can do it. It's not. (laughs) But we will definitely try to catch you. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, this was FPL Optimized Podcast, episode number 53. Thanks for listening again. Uh, We will be back again next week with another podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you will get notified when the next episode is released. And do follow us on Twitter or now called X for Surtop, it's at Surtal Bilal. And for me, it's at Belfi BB. And as of this season, you can also find FPL Optimized on YouTube. Surtop, i leave it to you again to close it with the final sentence.
1: Until next time, stay curious and stay analytical. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye.